I'm going to speak to you guys for just a few minutes because we have this opportunity where we're all together. And I always kind of want to speak into the culture and build up the team of Harbor. But I really just want to remind you guys, because we try to say it to as many of you individually as we can, but just collectively remind you that you sitting in this room, this team, is the best thing that we have done since we've launched this church. And you, you can look at people accepting Christ. You can look at all that. Yes, of course. But it's a result of this team coming together and doing what needs to happen week in, week out for those people to encounter God. And, and when you look at the ministry of Jesus, he, the first thing he did was he put together a team. The first thing he did was he put together a team that he disproportionately invested in. He, he disproportionately invested in his team. They were his guys. He invested in uh, those 12 disciples. And so I want to always kind of try to add value when we come together as a team and just remind us why we do what we do. And I don't know about any of you guys, but growing up, there were some things in my house and in my childhood that I thought were completely normal until I got out into the real world. And I was like, oh, everybody doesn't do or have this thing that we did or had. And one of those things for us was we had a medicine cabinet. And if you needed medicine, this is where you would go. If you needed a Band-Aid, this is where you would go. But in our medicine cabinet, we had what was basically uh, an old, emptied-out baby food jar with some kind of brown salve in it. And uh, all I knew was my grandmother and my parents, they called it Aunt Lucille's salve. And uh, it was, it was, there was some in my grandparents' uh, uh, medicine cabinet. There was some in my medicine cabinet. And it was this, they would put it on everything from a mosquito bite to an open wound. They would put Aunt Lucille's salve on everything. I don't know what was in it, but it worked. I do not know what was in it, but it worked. I know that it was my grandmother's aunt's recipe that was like passed down through the ages that went on everything, and it worked. And if the ingredients weren't right in it, it would not have worked. And this stuff had an incredibly pungent smell to it. Like, I can literally right now smell it. I, can, I, I know exactly what it smelled like. I know exactly what it felt like. But I, I wouldn't care what it smelled like if it didn't work. Like, if it didn't do what it was supposed to do, I, I wouldn't care. And, and it doesn't matter that I don't know what was in it. All that matters is that I knew that it worked. And all that matters is that the people who made it knew what needed to go into it. And you are the people that make Harbor Church happen each and every weekend. And so it's important that you know the critical ingredients that we hold as values of why we do what we do. Because at the end of the day, you guys have more of a direct influence on people on a Sunday-to-Sunday -Sunday basis than anyone else. You're the one that are checking in their kids. You're the ones who are shaking their hands on the way in. You're the one that are getting coffee and donuts out for them. You are the ones that are interacting with them. And so it's important that you know why we do what we do and what we value and what we prioritize. And so I want to make sure that the serve team is kind of clear on the key ingredients of what we believe makes Harbor Church Harbor Church. And for that, I want to go to, we're in a series on the book of Exodus, and it just so happens that what I want to talk on tonight is also in the book of Exodus. But beginning in chapter 30, uh, verse 34, and reading into uh, chapter 35 a bit, 
What's going on in this chapter is God is giving Moses instructions on how to build the tabernacle. And at this time, there was the temple and there was the tabernacle. The temple was a place where people went to worship God. And when the children of Israel were on the move throughout the desert, God gave Moses instructions to build a tabernacle, which was basically a mobile temple. And so in many ways, we kind of build a tabernacle every week at Sarasota House of Prayer. We come in and we bring in the elements to make that place a place of worship for our church. And so God is giving those instructions. And he says, then the Lord said to Moses, take fragrant spices, gum resin, and galbanum, I don't know how to pronounce that, and pure frankincense, all in equal amounts, and make a fragrant blend of incense, the work of a perfumer. It is to be salted and pure and sacred. Grind some of it to a powder and place it in front of the testimony in the tent of meeting, where I will meet with you. It shall be most holy to you. Do not make incense with this formula for yourselves. Consider it holy to the Lord. Whoever makes any like it to enjoy its fragrance must be cut off from his people. Then the Lord said to Moses, I see you have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, for the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, bronze, to cut set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. This is what I want you to, to realize first and foremost as God was giving the instructions is that it began with the Spirit of God. It began with the anointing. And that's where we have to begin. And what's interesting about this particular verse in Exodus chapter 31 is this is the very first time the scripture refers to anyone being filled with the Spirit. And it's for the purpose of building the house of God. And God's presence will always yield greater results than our effort. Our effort is important. Our effort is necessary. But God's presence is what will always yield greater results than just our effort alone. And we have to remember when we show up each and every week that it's not just about what we do, but it's the spirit that we carry when we do it. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter what area we're serving in. When we're carrying the spirit of God, that is what sets it apart. The second thing is hard work. And this might seem opposite of what I just said, but what I want you to realize is that having the Spirit of God doesn't exempt us from doing hard work. It empowers us to do hard work. It empowers us to do what God has called us to do. It gives us the strength that we would not have on our own. I love that verse 35 and 36 uh, say, grind some of the powder and place it in front of the testimony. Cut the stones. This is hard work. They're grinding stones, they're cutting stones, they're preparing hard materials to be fashioned into the, into the tabernacle. And it's not an easy job, but they're willing to do the hard work to make a place for God's presence. They're willing to do the hard work to make a place for God's people to experience his presence. They still had to put in some elbow grease into making what they had available, what it needed to be for people to encounter God. God empowered them to do it, but there was hard work involved. Number three that we value that is like a key ingredient to the work that we do is joy. It's joy. Uh, Psalm 102 says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. When, when Jesus reads the scroll of Isaiah, when he's first beginning his ministry, and he's kind of declaring the work that he's going to do, 
He says, I've come to set the captives free, and I've come to bring them the oil of joy, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise for heaviness. And can I just tell you that I feel like now more than ever, people are feeling the weight of heaviness. People are feeling heaviness. And joy is the answer to their heaviness. Joy is the answer. They don't need you to tell them to be joyful. They need to experience a joyful environment. They need us to lead with joy so that they experience joy when they walk in. They need us to be people of joy, to lead the way as they come into the house of God. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And as I think about people in the season that we're in right now, I just feel like people are carrying heaviness, and a lot of people are feeling like the the, the events of the last couple years have left them weakened, have left them depleted. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I feel like joy is kind of a secret weapon as we serve people in the house of God. And then number four is excellence. Verses three through five in Exodus 31, after God says, I have filled him with the spirit of God, he then says, I've filled him with the skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. That he's given them the ability to engage in the excellence that is required to be a craftsman, to do their work well. And it talks about in this verse how the artistic designs in the temple, they matter. The small details matter. And he's empowered us to do those things with excellence. Excellence assumes worth towards the things you're working for. And so excellence reminds us not only that God is worthy of the best, but it reminds the people who experience the excellence that we felt they were worthy of our best. That if they got up that morning and they showed up to church, they got their kids out of bed, they got ready, and they came to church, that we're going to give them our best every time. We're going to give them the very best that we can give them. And excellence, excellence communicates a sense of expectation that we expect people to show up, that we expect people to worship, that we expect people to bring their kids. We're ready for them. And so we always want to lead with a spirit of excellence. And then finally, we want to lead with a spirit of empowerment to train people to do what we do, to build teams, to do things like we're doing tonight, to invest in people. Verse 37, I think, is so interesting. God says, do not make any incense with this formula for yourselves. Consider it holy to the Lord. He, he says, don't, don't do any of this work for your benefit. Don't do any of this work for you. Do it for the benefit of God and the benefit of others. And that's what we are meant to do when we empower other people is that we are raising them up and reminding them that this thing doesn't end with us. It's not just for us and it doesn't end with us. Like I received the benefit and the healing of Aunt Lucille's salve because she taught my grandmother, who taught my mother, who taught my sister, and it's, and it's carried on through the generations. And so we have to always keep that mindset that there are others coming up behind us that we need to train and empower and, and ready for service in the house of God. And I just want to encourage us as a team to not let the healing stop with us 
Don't let the growth stop with us. We have to empower others to do the work of God. But it begins with the anointing. It moves to hard work and joy, excellence, and empowerment. Those are kind of five pillars of what we do at Harbor, that if we can keep those things in check, I believe that God can continue to bless us with the people that he wants to experience his presence week in and week out. 